And welcome to episode three zero. 30, baby. 30 of Ripping the Rack podcast. I'm your co-host, Tim. I'm Brian. Hey, and happy Sunday, Tim. Happy Sunday. Well, no, ha- happy Tuesday morning. Well, happy Tuesday morning to all our listeners. It's happy Sunday for us here in the time machine that we call the Ripping the Rack podcast. Yes, yes. I'm pretty sure is. most of our audience knows we don't do this live on Tuesday mornings. No, but you know what we should we should do a live one sometime. I think I think that would be fun. We'd go live on YouTube, right? For everybody to watch, or we could even put it on our Facebook page. Because we're available on YouTube, Facebook, Anchor, Breaker, Spotify, Spotify. iHeartRadio, iTunes, you know, every you can place reach you guys us. Can you can reach us at Yeah, you can reach us at ripping the rack podcast at gmail.com. There and we go. ripping the rack podcast on Facebook. Yeah. Or just go ahead and take some time out of your lovely day to drop Tim and I a line on Instagram or Twitter, Twitter. or Facebook or anywhere, you know. And that, yeah, we got and that. And now on TikTok. Yeah. Oh, oh, TikTok. And I'm now yeah. on TikTok. I am on the TikToks as well. Kelly, Are you? Ke- Kelly got me to watch the TikToks one day and that turned oh. into a three and a half hour oh affair. My, oh, my God. So so Angie has been. Angie has been basically riding my ass to to watch some of these videos on TikTok. And I keep declining. I keep being like, no, no, I'm not getting on TikTok. Because you're not an old man? Because I'm an old man. <laughs> so finally I was like, oh, I was like, fuck it. I'll download it. Okay, fine. Now I forgot that I had downloaded it like 35 weeks ago. And I think I had it yeah. for like a- I think I had it for like a couple of days. And I got rid of it because I'm like, I'm not, I'm never going to use this. So I, I re-downloaded it, and uh, uh, about two and a half hours later, at two o'clock in the morning, I am still watching videos. Man, I'll it's, tell you, you can find some stupid oh, shit on, but you can find some gems. That's where I found that backyard sessions I sent you last night of Miley and Noah Cyrus. Yes. Yeah. Um, which was which, phenomenal. Which, which uh, it's not what you think. Backyard sessions with Miley Cyrus. No, no, no. This is music. <laughs> it's actual music, and it's her. And is it her sister? That's Half her sister? sister. No, sister, I believe. Okay, but they do a song that Noah had written called "I Got So High I Saw Jesus." Yeah, and wow, which is not which is not what you think, right? No, it was. It's incredible. It's it's, it's not. A, it's not. I don't believe it's about uh, smoking the reefer so much that you know. That your feet get perpendicular. Or that you're so high you have to lay down and hold on to the earth so you don't fall off. Yes, yes. <laughs> or if you can't move for 45 minutes and you just start laughing uncontrollably. Yep. All things that could, that allegedly could, ha- could happen. Could happen if you when get you so- smoke the devil's letters. Yes, because you know the song, I'll Never Smoke Weed with Willie Again. I sure do. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've, I've changed that to I'll Never Smoke Weed with Mark Carrier Again. Uh, wow that was yeah yeah <laughs> oh yeah. speaking yeah. of tiktok though i just thought i had a thought we should have a candle pin tiktok community where we just do tiktoks at tournaments or about bowling or you know like candle pin chat but on tiktok like you get new bowling balls you tiktok out oh, look at these things these will suck for me just as much you know it's like the golf memes i see that are funny and i try to translate that face you make when you shoot 115 with $1,500 clubs, and you're like, or it's that face you make when you throw an 85 with brand new comments, you know? Mm. <laughs> yep. Um, so I told I told Angie because I watched 
I don't know how many videos. And I I just kept scrolling. And, and your algorithm is going to be all weird now. And I, and I, <laughs> well, the cool thing was like, I saw some people I knew, like actual, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, wait, I follow I know. a couple people on TikTok, like Kerrigan. I, I follow Kerrigan Skinner on TikTok. She oh, makes I, some funny stuff. Okay. Yeah. Um, like I, uh, I ran into, uh, ran into, I ran into, uh, Taylor Trask, TJ's well, daughter. That, hey, that's how you do it on nowadays in the Rona times. You run into people online. Yeah. So yeah. I'm like, I, I just some of the things that I saw, I, the cringe factor. Was oh, it, I know some was of them, it, right? Was enough for me to watch. Just be like, oh, oh. See, you and, know, and, and some people will get this. This is my scale of awkwardness that I use. Like Freshy and these guys, it's the Michael Scott scale of awkwardness. <laughs> because there are some points in the office where he's, that Michael Scott, um, for those of you that don't know, that is um, the main character of The Office. And uh, some of his awkward moments are just so cringy, I have to like look away from the TV. Because even though I'm not there personally, it's just too awkward. And hey, there are some stuff on TikTok where you're just like three seconds in, you're like, nope. Yep. <laughs> well, so, by, oh, by the way, I'm, I'm going to have a squirrel moment. Thank you for not watching porn on your big TV right now. Oh, Okay. Why? Because I can see the reflection in your glasses, so I was like, oh, thank you. He's not watching porn. Nice. Ah, Hey, good to know. I didn't know that was a thing. So, again, new to to this. So, again, I'm glad it's not. No, it's just my background. It's my Jedi Fallen Order background because I'm a big nerd and I have all my games on my No, no, and that's fine. I was just like, I'm sitting there. I wasn't staring longly into your eyes. I was trying to see. Oh, shit. I was trying to see. I was trying to see if you actually had uh, the porn machine on your uh, your glasses there. So. No, no, no. But anyway, real quickly, get it back to TikTok. So the the things that I watched and and, like, I, I love music. Um. I saw some cool. I saw this guy dancing, like through a mall. That was absolutely phenomenal. So I ended up following. Oh, just him. doing like the whole like the whole like just yeah, like the slide, and, yeah, and the slide and the and I was just like, it's it, it was incredible. So I I followed him and then of course it, it, the next one's obviously you know parents twerking, which actually I laughed out loud on, and I think I might have woken Angie up at one point <laughs> because it was a father doing impersonation of their daughter um, doing one of these dances. I don't know the dances. I, you know, kids these days, who the hell knows? But he ended up trying to twerk, and they, oh, he like, God. and he threw his back out, and they, oh my God, I... I <laughs> what I, happened to us. We I literally it. laughed out loud, so I told Angie I was going to start, uh, I was going to start TikToking. Oh goodness! If she just ladies went, oh. and gentlemen, get ready for Mookie TikToks, uh, Kitty TikToks, Tim doing weird dance TikToks. Let's not hope for not a lot and bowling TikToks. I have now. I'm gonna have to start doing it too. I'll actually have to TikTok. I I don't know how to TikTok, but I'll figure it out. Uh, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Oh. And Kelly's gonna be mad because Kelly wanted me to TikTok with her, and now that you're doing it, and I'm like, oh, I'll do it. Now I'm really gonna get shit. Well, that's on you. <laughs> yeah, well, I know. You know, that's 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 on you. Yeah. Um, bowling. bowling. That's our podcast. <laughs> that's our podcast. So, uh, do we, we have get any a, questions? We we get a bunch of things that we can talk about. Um, right. I did have someone reach out to me um, 
not through the normal uh, ripping the rack podcast at gmail.com. Which is fine. Which is which fine. Is good. Um, they asked, you know, they, they would like to hear you and I discuss. I, I, I want to say we discussed this before, but I don't keep a list of what we've talked about. So, right. They want to know what, what we think makes a good clutch bowler or a good anchor bowler. Um, that sometimes is one and the same. I, I attribute a good clutch bowler to be at a good anchor bowler. Um, yes. I would, I feel that being clutch is a thing that should be on your resume if you're going to be in that five spot. Yeah. And then um, who we feel are some of the best clutch bowlers and maybe even give some examples, some performances that you've seen, mm-hmm. things like that. And I just thought of something that I want to follow up with after this because I okay. thought it was interesting and it just came to my head. I know we didn't talk about it before, but I want to talk about who the best four fives are. Oh. There are some real good four fives in the bowling world. Yeah. So before we get into that, let's let's talk a little bit um, for, for those of you that are unfamiliar with some of our terms that we use, the four or five bowler, things like that. So when we talk clutch bowlers or anchor bowlers, um, typically, at least as far as I'm concerned, I'm talking about a team event. Mm-hmm. Um, which consists of your leadoff bowler, your number one through your number five. There's typically five guys on a on a team, or five women, or or whatever you want to, however you want to uh, put it. Just five people on a team. So we've talked a little bit about what makes a good leadoff bowler, um, and now we're going to talk a little bit about what makes a good anchor bowler. Uh, but I like your thought of a good four five. Uh, combo, combo of two guys who like because there are some good ones but to me an anchor bowler he isn't always your highest average and i am of the mindset at least in a tournament like the world's or maybe a marathon tournament single string i like to play matchups with anchor bowlers if you're in an elite tournament like the world's you hopefully have five guys in your lineup that can all bowl in that five spot at some point or have in the past um, I like to play matchups, and I think like it depends on what you think. If you think it's going to be a, you know, they're all close matches, but if you get into that last string of a three-string set, and you're maybe up ten or down ten, or you know you're going to need, you know, some shots, um, you have a better shot maker in the five in the five hole, and I, you know, those are guys that cut a lot of shots, make a lot of weird splits. You know, Nate LeBlanc, Calvin. Uh, Corey, guys like that that make a lot of splits on the Canadian side. And, you know, Baker makes his share of splits. Um, you know, Surrett's a good cut bowler. Guys like that. Um, whereas if you're down a bunch of pins and you need a big string out of the anchor guy and you know you got you need a guy who can make shots and then who can fill him with a lot of nine drops. And a guy like that is Matt Harnett, I think. Matt throws a lot of nine drops and he makes a lot of them. So it's good to have Maddie down there if you're trailing because he can make up, you know, he's making up, even if you 10, he makes up nine pins and then makes another one and then there's nine more. You're loading your fills with big, big scores. You're going to make up pins. So I think to me, a good anchor bowler is what is who you have confidence in that suits your needs for that either tournament or day or match. So I, I like that. And nerves of steel, and nothing shakes you. Those are two absolute must-haves. Yes, 
so add in, you have to have a short memory. Um, you know, the, the guy that you have bowling anchor, the guy bowling last, typically if you're bowling in the types of tournaments that we do, that's two boxes at a time, uh, places a little bit more premium on a guy with uh, what I would call, you know, your nerves of steel, your, mm-hmm. your unflappableness, call it. Um, you know, Johnny Winchell is a, is a, to me, is a prime example of someone that, again, he may not be your highest, highest average. He might be. I mean, he's that good of a bowler that, right. that he just might be your, you know, your best bowler. Um, you know, but in two boxes at a time and you come down to the final two boxes and you're up or down, um, I would put Winchell in there uh, 10 times out of 10. Um, I think and I he should have done it in Moncton again this year. Oh, that he gets is a prime example of how he did everything right that you're supposed to do as an anchor bowler. And yeah. he just got screwed by a bad break. Yeah, he needed a double, what was it, a double seven to tie, double eight to win. Yeah, and he threw double six. And he threw double six. And the six was a buried, was a buried yeah. one-two pocket head pin should have been a Should have been a triple, honestly. Well, I, don't, I mean, I don't know no. if I'd say it should have been a triple, but I, he didn't deserve the break he got, which yeah. was the picket fence. Um, he, didn't, he didn't deserve it. And another um, thing about like guys like Johnny, like you were saying, is there, especially in a two box mindset, it's one out of two. You got to have an anchor bowler that can go one out of two very consistently. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, I, I, I think for me, your, your, what constitutes a best clutch bowler is again when I talk about a short memory, it's it's one that forgets about the previous eight boxes. Um. Having a guy, having a guy in the anchor spot, um, and I apologize for moving around so much. My man, I got a sciatic thing going on right now that's going right down the. the Honestly, cheap, hey, right down hey, the leg. Hey, real quick, you got a tennis ball? Uh, not or right or handy. baseball, baseball or something? No, yeah, not right handy. Uh, I was gonna say, just honestly, sit on it on your ass cheek. On uh, the sciatic. No, oh. I know it's. Uh, Hey, do you think so, to be? So, oh, yeah. go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. You go. Well, so Just I was going to say what you said. Yeah. So uh, don't forget that question. Um, no. So to me, it's when I talk about having a short memory. It's a guy that's that's going to forget about maybe missing an easy spare two boxes before. Um, it's maybe got a bad break in the first half, couple of bad breaks in the first half type thing, and you forget about it, and you just focus on those two boxes uh there's mm-hmm. a bunch of there's a bunch of guys out there that can do it um you know and there are some great bowlers literally great bowlers that don't have that mindset that don't make a good they think they make a good anchor bowler and if you ask them they'll tell you they're an anchor bowler but in my opinion and i won't name names Oh, you can go ahead. There's a guy on our Wednesday Night League that bowls anchor that probably shouldn't bowl anchor, and you're staring at him. <laughs> That's me. Well, I'm looking at me. Oh, well. Now I was like, I don't bowl. I don't bowl Wednesday nights. Right. No. Uh, no, it, it's. But to me, there's there is a difference. There is a difference between league and worlds. Yes. Uh, obviously. Obviously. There, well, there's a there, difference between tournaments and worlds. In worlds, when it comes to anchor bowling. Yes. Because um, we all know the guys in, in league that bowl great in league, 
throw them in a tournament and they shit their pants. Right. So. I, the I, thing I mean, that I, hinders me being a good world's anchor bowler, honestly, is, and you know this, I'm a good half anchor bowler. Because I might struggle for the first two, but then around three, I could throw three in a row and run it out. If I have to stop during that, it may not be that good. Cause I'm a streaky bowler. That's just, that's my thing. Like I, if I start getting breaks, I'll bowl good. You know, I'll, I grind it out. I've had to learn how to grind it out. And that leads me to my question. Do you think you, you can become a good anchor bowler? Just kind of, you have it or you don't. Oh, that's a good question. Um, no, I think you can, I think you can learn how to be an anchor bowler. I think you can become a good anchor bowler. Um, I have seen some great anchor bowlers that were good in other sports. Mm. Maybe they were good in high school sports and they brought that mindset over. Um, it's a, I, I don't know how to word this. So, but, but you look at Jason Kaler, who is one of the best anchor bowlers that I know of, and he cheers the other dude on while he's bowling, and he's just up there bopping around, listening to tunes. And then you guys get, you got guys like Robbie Henderson, who stares a hole through the backdrop, has that thousand-yard stare, and has no emotion until it's, his two boxes are over. So every, this is a great thing about candlepin bowling, is everybody's different. I mean, I have had, I have had some great moments bowling in the anchor spot in the worlds and in leagues. I mean, I obviously I look, winning it. I mean, but let's face, let's face it. Um, I don't exactly take leagues very seriously. Um, but when it comes down to the last, you know, last half, and, and I you, and I'm and you, beating you. And you sit back and say, you know, you know, Tim, we're down 20. Does a little extra gear get turned on? Sure. Yeah. Sure. Any any good competitive tournament bowler has that gear, though. I feel. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I would. Uh, I, man, that sun is just. I don't know. I'm in a, I'm in a basement. Um. Maybe if I cut a skylight into the side, Kelly won't care. Oh, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> uh, no, I, you know, the thing is, is that I had to, I had to learn how to become a bowler. Um, I bowled on some teams early on that just because I was leading the team in average, they put me at anchor. Um, I bowled with guys where they put their worst bowler first and their next worst and so forth until you get to your best. And then I bowled to Charlie Milan, and Charlie goes, no, we put, you know, he almost does it the opposite. He almost puts the best bowler first. Basically, he puts the two best bowlers on the ends. Yes. Is how he looks at it. He's going to put he what he thinks is your best two bowlers go one and five. And then you fill in the middle. Um, yeah, he, he also said one time, he goes, you can hide people in the two-hole occasionally. Yeah. Like the two-hole, it's not a lot. You're not leading off. There's not a lot of pressure to make up pins. He goes, you could put somebody who's struggling in a two hole and that's the best place for a struggling bowler. You don't want to take out or right. you can't Be because you yeah. want them to work it through. You want yes. them to work beyond the struggles. Um, 
you know, and I've also bowled with people where, you know, and I still laugh about this. The very first string of the of, of the first match of the tournament on Tuesday morning after four box, they pulled someone. I've been there. I've, it's happened to me. And I'm like, it's the first string of every. How are you pulling? Why are you pulling them? Oh, it's hard to bowl with a hook over your head, too. There is. Um, I am not a I, I am not a big fan of pulling people in the middle of a match if you can if you don't have to because we've all done it where you started a half with nothing and then you ended four or five in a row. Mm-hmm. We've all done it. Um, that's just personally that's just my my take on it. Anyway, uh, so you know what makes a good clutch bowler is is again short memory um obviously you have to be you have to be decent enough to know uh or not to know you have to be decent enough that you got you know the person's going to throw marks when they when they need it um you know it, you can't necessarily put you know my son who's bowled twice you know put him in an anchor spot because he's you know he's clutch well he might be clutch but he's right. not good you know yeah um so I guess uh um I, I to me I mean I know I kind of danced around it because it's really it's not an easy question to answer. Um who are your best clutch bowlers currently? I'm gonna go with uh Johnny Winchell. Um uh, I'm Surratt. gonna go I'm gonna go with well I mean Surrett, Surrett. I mean, am I going to put him fifth in the finals of the world? No. Good. I'll let you say that to him next week <laughs> when we talk to him. Um, <laughs> I I don't know. I mean, he he doesn't understand it either. He does. He has right. no. Because the only reason I say that is because he's told me. He goes, I wouldn't put me fifth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I Baker um, is a great clutch bowler. Um, but look at underrated guys too that are super clutch that you don't think of when you like Bobby Witt is clutch. Oh, Bobby Witt's a Bobby and, Witt's a hell of a yeah. And Joe Smith, Joey Smith is clutch in a, in two boxes. You need a couple marks. Joe Joe Smith to me is one of the and it's funny uh, we could get into this argument with underrated bowlers. Yeah, Joe Smith to me is the epitome of the underrated bowler. Oh yeah, he hits uh, the head pin so much. He, Joe Smith to me is a great he's a clutch bowler and I don't care what anyone tells me I've seen it enough in the world to know that he's a clutch bowler yeah that's just how it is um Jason Kaler is an underrated clutch bowler that people don't give enough credit to some of that is on his doing because he's he doesn't he hasn't bowled with some of the bigger mm. teams yeah um and that's I, I'm not gonna say that's his doing. Um, it's his choice. It's his choice, I think, because if mm-hmm. if he wanted to bowl with, you know, um, I, I don't even know. Some of the teams yeah. are all breaking up all the time, but there's teams out there that he could bowl with where he would get more um, credit. He yes. would get more. He'd have um, more eyeballs on him. He'd have more eyeballs on him. Um, you know, and people, when I say, you know, Jason Kaler, they're like, oh, oh, 
Yeah, no, he's, he's a good bowler. You know, it's like, yeah, he is. He's a really good bowler. He's a really good bowler. And he's really underrated. Um, and he's and, and most people look past him. And some of that, again, some of that's his doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think uh, obvious reasons, Matt Harnett, um, you know, Corey Smith, Calvin Locke. Um, you know, I, I bowled with uh, Chad Reed for about five or six years, him and Tommy in the 560 every year. There's a couple of good clutch guys. Yep. Honestly, Tommy and Chad. Chad yep. pulled a lot of matches for us. You watched last year in the 560. He pulled a couple of strings out for us that, you know, with a nine pin drop, make it hammer, good quality break yep. on that. Like he he's good at the end on two boxes. You know, you take a look at that and, and most, most world's bowlers know who your guys in the clutch are. Yeah. Um, freshy. Freshie's a good clutch bowler. Um, you know, people, Fuller. I think Fuller, Fuller is a Fuller's a great clutch bowler. Um, you know, um, I'm going to throw my name in there. I'd like to think that I'm a good clutch bowler. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'd like to think that I'm good enough that I, I can forget what's happened over the past six, seven, eight boxes and just focus on those two right there. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's more. Obviously, there's there's more. There's oh, so there's many guys bowlers. in the past that we aren't yeah. even talking about. Um, you know, your Tommy Olsen. Oh well, look. Your, yeah, I mean, your I Holbrooks mean, and your Russ Neely, Charlie Mylan. I mean, Charlie's one of the best clutch bowlers I've ever seen. Obvious reasons. Um, AJ, Chip, guys Chip like Carson, that. Al Joy. Um, you know, even Sean Morrison in in when he was bowling, when he, he was sharp. really. When he yeah. was really bowling, I'm not talking about just showing up for a tournament. I mean, when he was really bowling, when, and when he I was had bowling there in like the early 2000s, he was bowling Monday and Wednesday and every weekend. And, yeah, and yeah. and that would have been 2001 ish to 2006 ish, 12. Now about a 10 year stretch. Yeah, about Where a he 10 bowled year, all the time. Yeah, he bowled all the time. He was a great clutch bowler. He really was. Um, you know, you, you look at uh, Chris Merrill uh, right now is very you know, clutch. Chris, Chris Merrill is very clutch bowler. Um, you know, people people again. I, I don't think they look at Chris. See, it's, see, Chris is one of the funny ones to me because he's still young, but he's not he's he's not young anymore. Right. If that, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, I I understand that. He's he's what 31, 30, 31? around there. You know, but he uh, also he also I don't know if he's bold anchor in a world's match yet. I thought I thought we put him there a couple of years. I don't know. I don't know. I I, I really I don't know. Um, yeah. Uh, Scotty Sparks. Oh yeah, fat kid. Fat kid. Uh, Again, good clutch bowler. Uh, old. Older guy, honestly, on the Can-Am side, and you, uh, Donnie Ferris. Donnie Ferris. And I don't, I don't like going in the last two boxes either. Like even with Donnie, or up less than ten, because you know a nine-pin drop is coming, or it's going to be a double somewhere. He's beat. He's <laughs> beat no, he's beat me in the Can-Ams with, yeah. you know, just the last two boxes, and all of a sudden, I think he threw a double strike at me just a couple of mm-hmm. years ago, just a random like 
bold like shit, and all of a sudden you throw a double strike, and it's like you just kind of look like where the hell did that come from? But even with Donnie, when he's when he's not marking, it's like nine bucks, ten bucks, nine bucks, nine bucks, ten bucks, ten, 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 double. Oh look, I threw 120 with two marks. Yeah, they just happen to be together. They just <laughs> happen to be together. Um, you know, so for me, I mean, look, you you could. I think we could probably talk forever on who we think are are the best clutch bowlers. There's there are guys that I would rather have in that five in that five hole. Um, you know, um, Brian Purdy. Yeah, Purdy's Again, a solid anchor he's guy. Not, he's not going to be your best bowler on the team, but he's going to make a lot but of shots for you. But but at the end, pressure doesn't bother him. I think the uh, guy that you want in the anchor spot is the guy that on your team that's going to hit the head pin nine or eight or nine or ten times the strength. Twelve, ideally, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not so much concerned about the first five boxes as I am the last five. Um, for me, with an anchor bowler. Uh, if the team is doing their job, then they, they, put, that an- then they yeah. put that anchor bowler in a position to, to succeed. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, you know, and, and a position to succeed doesn't mean you're up 40 and it doesn't mean you, it, it, it means that you have a chance yeah. and either to hold that lead, you know, or, and there are guys that bowl great with the lead. Um, vice versa, vice versa. There are guys that bowl great when they're down. Um, yeah. And, you know, that was the kind of... joke with my dad for a long time. We didn't want Ray up. We wanted Ray down. We did not want Ray up pins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, your father for a period of time was a really great clutch bowler. Mm-hmm. Um, and then father time hit you. Yeah. And then father time got, you know, Craig Holbrook. Look, he's 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 a legend. He's, he's a Hall Craig of Famer Hol- for a reason. No, he's a Hall of Famer for a reason. Um one of the best clutch bowlers I've ever seen. Um, Mark Gregory, again, another oh. clutch bowler. Uh, McGrady. McGrady. I, look, you can go, you can yeah. go down the, you can go down the list. Um, you know. Uh, so getting to the, the follow-up I had asked earlier. Yes. Quick, four fives. I mean, you, like I'm thinking of like Hollett and Henderson, uh, you and Morrison for a long time. Um, you know, those those two guys that typically, you know, Craig Holbrook and Bobby Witt, when you get to that four or five hole, there's two names you're going to see there. And it's two guys that no lead is safe with. So. Or even if you had a particular person in a league, you liked bowling in front of you. If you were bowling anchor. Yeah. So Holland and Henderson comes to mind as, as one of the best four or five Mm-hmm. Uh, bowlers. Um, Sean Typically, and I. Doesn't A plus usually have Nate and Maddie in four or Nate and Jerry sometimes too? Yeah, yeah. I mean, typically, I, I guess typically it would go Nate and Maddie or Maddie and Nate. Um, yeah. You know, um, Surrett and Baker or Surrett Barber. Yeah, Barber goes anchor quite a bit for them. Um, so Baker and Barber, Surratt and Barber, uh, Godwin and God. You throw Godwin. Yeah. You throw Godwin in fifth. So uh, they have a 
they have a you know three or four guys that can alternate in there. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's 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 what made well, number one, they're all great bowlers. You know, if we're talking lucky strike, they're yeah. they're all great bowlers. Um so you can mix and match depending on the matchups. You can mix and match depending on how people are feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, and and let's face it, putting in the five spot, you could have Baker, you could have Barber, you could have Surrett, you could have Godwin. Um, you know, you could have Boudreau. Yeah. Um, I I like Boudreau yeah. up in the one spot, but that's me yeah. personally. I like him as a leadoff bowler um, because he sets the tone. Um I like him or Chris up there at the top for them. Yep. I forgot about Bolvair. Um Again, clutch bowler, Chris Bolvair. Mm-hmm. Uh So, you know, your best four or five, you know, you know, um, I, I, I like Freshie and I in the four or five. Mm-hmm. Um, either way, me, four, him, five. Mm-hmm. Um you and Jason on Thursday nights are fun in the four five. Yeah, Jason and I in the four five is fun. Um, I, I like, uh, you know, I like. So, I, if I'm bowling fifth, I'll tell you what I like as an anchor bowler. The guy before me, I love a guy who's explosive before me. Um, you take an Evan Riva. You take. Um, you know, I'm looking at guys that I have bowled with, you know, Morrison, you take um, Winchell. I mean, a, a lot of different matches. Yeah. I, I love a guy in the fourth spot that's an anchor bowler, but he's just bowling in the fourth spot mm-hmm. because they're explosive. And, yeah. you know, uh, it, it just kind of sets the tone coming into the fifth, coming into that yeah. fifth guy. If your four guy goes out and goes strike, spare, strike, you're you're coming in on the high and you're throwing that ball with a little yeah. extra. Um, you know if you're if your four guy comes in and you know punches spread eagle and then picks one picks one and goes you know six eight. You know, well yeah. shit. You know, right. have no shit moment. Um, to me, that's kind of what I'm. That's what I'm looking for with a, with yeah. a four five. There, there's a ton of them out there. There, there are some. Uh, and I like to think when I'm bowling good, I am that guy in the four hole. Yeah, that no, you off a string real big. When yeah. I'm bowling good. Well, let's <laughs> let's preface that by saying when you're bowling good, which hopefully will have more <laughs> coming up. So, um, you know, it's uh, so you mentioned it earlier. You can hide a guy in the two spot. Mm-hmm. You you can't hide a guy in the four spot. No. Nope. You know that's the thing, and then your three your your three hole is really it, it's really an important position because I, I I call it the maintenance shaft. You're right in the middle, and basically you're like, all right, everybody ahead of me bowled good, so I I guess I can bowl okay. Like it's not unimportant. Like it's important. I just need to maintain. But you all see the guy in there. It's like, oh shit, we're getting buried. I need to start bailing out, and now I need to hit that extra gear. Right. I think he needs to be a Swiss Army knife in that three hole. Yep. <laughs> yep. He's got to have the leadoff mentality with an anchor mentality at the same time. Exactly. <laughs> um, and that's a tough. That's a that's a tough role. It really is. Uh, that's a Jerry Dunn. That's a guy who picks a lot of pins and throws yep. a lot of strikes and makes a lot of spares, and also will not get beat by his man that often. Badly. 
Right. I mean, we all get beat, but Jerry's probably going to get beat by 50 pins. You know, you know what's, uh, I, I know I'm missing a ton of people uh, yeah. when you talk clutch. Uh, Chris Sargent. I knew oh. I, I mean, yeah. say what you want about the guy. Um, you can't discount. He is probably the best bowler or most explosive bowler I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, it, his stats and everything else show that, you yep. know, he, he's the guy that, that if I, if I had to pick one person right now with the match on the line and the, in the ninth and 10th box, who, who do I want up out of everyone I've ever seen? He would be on the short list. Chris Sargent would be on the short list on that. I have to agree. Talking agree guys, guys in their prime. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. You know, and anyone that says any different is just they're looking at the guy and not the bowler. Right. Um, hey, um, so, you know, staying with bowling and trying to get in and around these topics, uh, I read a post from Fuller the other day, yep. um, yesterday, yep. and, you know, I, I, I credit him, and I think he is making a tough but good decision. You know, the holidays mean a lot to us as people. Um, and I know he has a big family that he's close with. And he has put his family ahead of bowling. And I, I credit him for that. I do. I, he's, I, in my opinion, he's making 100% the right decision. And I think if it was financially feasible, I think all bowling alleys should shut down for December. So everyone that in the bowling community that's been affected recently, like we've had a lot of bad thing, bad tests in the bowling community. You know, hoping Absolutely. for help Absolutely. for everybody but i think we need to reconsider as much as we love this sport is it worth it right now with the holidays so i got talking to angie about this because i've had a lot of tournaments lately um and with the uh, rise of covid um and it is the rise of covid we we've seen it especially here in maine Mm-hmm. It is rising. It it's is off going the rails, up. man. It's, 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 you know, um, it's very difficult for me to make Fuller made the right decision. I think he put his family first and he's like, look, I'm not going to, I'm not going to bowl until the new year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's going to focus, he's going to go to work and he's going to go home and he's going to focus with a family. And I can't blame him for that. And, um, Thankfully, I have no tournaments in, in the month of January, uh, in the month of December. Mm-hmm. I don't think. Um, Do we have the teams? State I think teams? that's no. I think that's in January. I think it's it a is. mixed. I think it's mixed teams, and we don't have any women to right. bowl. We're so, not going to be able to bowl. So okay, uh, I'm not bowling in the mixed teams. Right. So, um, if the bowling alleys could afford it, then uh, you know, shut down to. January 1st. Mm-hmm. But I don't Sadly, know. Sadly, I don't know. I don't think I would say maybe 1% of bowling alleys could afford to do that in this current time. Well, that's, that's the thing is I don't know. And that's many. only if they can keep their restaurant slash tavern bar open to sell right. food out of. Right. I don't, I don't know many that could, that could afford right now to, to yeah. shut down. Um, so. It, it's hard bowling in the back of your mind. You're thinking, am I putting everybody I love at risk to do this? It is. Yeah, no, it is. You know, um, 
I hadn't thought much about it um, until obviously you start seeing Cheech and those guys start testing positive. Yeah. Um, you know, Mar- I just found out Mario tested positive. Um, she's been sick. Yeah. I uh, hope you guys are on the mend. Um, so it's 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 a difficult uh, it's a difficult decision. Um, I don't know. I don't know if that's a decision that uh, I don't know I if think, that's a decision. I think it's I can... different for us. And the reason I say that with you and me is our league is what fifty people, maybe. Oh, it's less than that. Yeah. Um, you know, Jason separates everybody with a league that small. You know, we bowl one team to two lanes. So you bowl on one and one and two, and the team you're bowling is on three and four. Yep. Um, you know, you bowl opposite sets of lanes, so you're staggered. You know, it's different for us. We're not in a population density quite like, you know, guys like Fuller and, you know, Cheech and Mario and the people who are in Mass and New Hampshire – Denser population than we have here in the mid coast. Yeah. Thankfully, in our zip code, we have what forty cases right now, and most of those, unfortunately, are at a long term care facility in our town. Oh yeah. So we got it. yeah. I mean, we had forty six cases in Rockland, and thirty five of them were at Woodlands, Tim. So it's a little like the numbers tell a different story. Yeah. For Rockland than what it shows, but it doesn't mean we have to be less careful. You know, it, like I said, it's it's a decision. If push came to shove and Kelly said, I don't want to put my parents at risk. I want them to have their quarantining, which they are. Um, both, you know, her parents are staying in their house until Christmas so they can come spend it with Colin. They live in Millinocket, which is in Penobscot County, which is hit hard right now. Um, and if she said, Brian, you know, I want you to, I'd be like, okay, I would. I would tell Jason, I'm sorry. You know, here's a check for it. I'll see if I can find people to bowl for me. But I, I would make the same decision. And some people may say, Brian, stop being scared. It's not being scared, it's folks. Not being, it's, it's not being scared. It's just being reasonable. Um, you know, and that's the thing that's that that's the biggest thing right now that that. I went to Walmart this morning. And thankfully, most people are following the guidelines. Most people are wearing their masks. And but there are a few that still come in. They might have a mask, but it's 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 just covering their mouth. They might have a so you know, it looks they, their their nose hanging out looks like their dick hanging out of their underpants. It's it's frustrating to me. It's like folks, if if we all just followed along, we would get back to some semblance of normal far sooner than what we're doing. Um. I don't know. Call yep. me a sheep. Call me whatever. I don't really care. Um, I mean, I've 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 lost friends on Facebook. I wouldn't say I've lost them, but I've I've unfollowed a bunch that just, you know, not everything is conspiracy. Not everything is is you know the, the government's not trying to take your rights away. Mm-hmm. You know that that they're not. They, you know. Asking you to wear a mask isn't taking any rights away. I didn't. I don't know any they, anywhere. They, they asked your eighteen-year-old grandfather probably to leave home and go die on a beach in France, so you could say I can't stay on my couch for two weeks. 
and wear a piece of cloth over my face. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's frustrating to me. Uh, next week. Uh, next week, we will have a guest. The franchise. We will have Mr. Jeff Surrett next week on for the episode. Uh, and then we'll have to look. We're gonna, if we're going to have guests, then we're going to alternate. Then we got to find a Canadian for our next interview after. We had Calvin. Now we get or, Jeff. Or Maynard. Or New Hampshire. Oh, we could go. Yeah. We, or, okay, or, we, we, or a female. Or a Nova Scotian. Or a Nova Scotian. Or it could just be you and I again. It could be. Um, you'll have to tune in and see. You'll have to tune in to see. Uh, we are running up against the uh, the time, so uh, we're going to cut it here. Yep. Uh, I hope thank everyone you. had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I was just going to say, you stole my thunder. Sorry, I do that quite frequently. You're, you thunder stealer, you. Yeah, I'm just a... I just have thunder country all over me, don't yes. I? No, oh, you're definitely a thunder country kind of guy. There's uh, the reason I say that is Kelly's sister used to live in North Carolina. And when we went down to see her once, the radio station was 105.5 Thunder Country. <laughs> and I just had to laugh. Uh, thunder country, yes. <laughs> yeah, thunder country. Thunder country. Um, have a great week, all. Uh, don't forget. We will uh, we we will have this. Uh, you'll be listening to this Tuesday. Don't forget our Friday episode will be up Friday morning as well. Uh, we are on Tuesdays and Fridays. You can find us on Ripping the Rack Podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on uh, Anchor Breaker, Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, um, anywhere you can check out podcasts. And don't forget to check me out subsequently on Sunday nights. Uh, John Steiner's Twitch channel, Johnny Death Drop, Dudes and Belts Chatcast. Uh, we're also on Spotify now, so you can listen to the audio version if you can't watch live on Twitch. All right, guys. We appreciate it. Thank you kindly. Thanks, guys. Have a great night. Stay safe.